Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called out one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came... Who has devoured your property with prostitutes? You killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It is fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning again. For those new with us, my name is Cody Quinn. I'm the pastor of Students and Connections here at One Fellowship. Um, let me ask you a question to start off this morning. Have your kids ever said anything you were not expecting? Have your kids ever surprised you by anything that they have said? I, I, I'm sure it's often. As the student's pastor, I hear some crazy things your kids say. Um, I remember this one trip, I was in second grade. Um, I was sitting in the back seat of the vehicle. My brother who's in third grade was sitting beside me. Parents were in the front seats. We were going to Disney World. We were in Florida and traffic was crazy. Again, this is second grader. Um, Cody's sitting in the back seat. This is my perspective here. 
Traffic was crazy. I could tell my dad was heating up a little bit, I believe. And uh, things got crazy. We're trying to, to turn right and the car wouldn't let us in. And so just from the, the back, I just yelled, dad, just give him the bird. Dad, just give him the bird. And obviously I didn't really know what it meant at the time. I just knew the context of where that might should be said um, and just shouted a little out of character for second grade Cody. Um, but in our passage today, we see some crazy things said. We see some unexpected reactions, some unexpected um, conversations between two sons and their dad. And it's unexpected from every point of view from the son's point of view, from the father's point of view, uh, some crazy things are said. But what we see is that no matter how crazy it gets, no matter how defiant the sons get, the dad never gives up. The dad is there for his sons. And so as we dive into our passage, our big idea for this morning is that no matter the defiance, no matter your defiance, you're invited to Christ's party. No matter the defiance, you're invited to Christ's party. Let me say one more quick word of prayer before we dive in. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace that no matter how defiant or how much wrongdoing we have done, you welcome us in. God, help my words to be yours. Cut us to the hearts. Help us to be more and more like you. It's in your name we pray, amen. So let me set some context. We find this parable in the, story, in the book of Luke, chapter 15. Jesus has a crowd around him. And now this crowd is made up of tax collectors and sinners. These are the bad guys of the story. These are the bad guys back in those times that the religious leaders who are also in the setting here don't like. They don't love how Jesus is hanging with, hanging around these guys, welcoming them into his circle. And yet Jesus continually does. And so we see you have sinners, the bad guys, and you have religious people, supposedly the good guys, here when Jesus launches into these parables. There's two parables that come before our parable that you just heard read, the lost sheep and the lost coin. And both of those are talking about these things that were lost. They were searched for diligently. And then once they were found, they were celebrated to the highest end. So then we find our story of the parable of the prodigal son with sinners and saints all in the room, all in the audience listening to Christ, which means all of these is for both people. All of these parables, this parable especially is for both audiences. So let's dive into point one today. It's Christ you're looking for, whom you've always been looking for. Verse 12 reads, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in, in reckless living. You have a son in this story who goes up to his father and says, give me what's mine. Basically saying, I wish you were dead. I want what's mine now. And I know I can't get it until you're gone. And so I wish you were dead. Give me what's mine. 
So we're going to do a little role play. I need students, uh, kids in the room, look to your parents. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but that's the shock value. This is, an act, this is a son looking to his father saying, I wish you were dead. Give me what's mine. This would have brought incredible shame to the father. For those who were watching, for those who saw what was going on, this would have brought incredible shame. And then it's not like the son goes off and does great things with it. Not like he makes something for himself and of himself. He goes and he wastes all of it. We find that at, at this point when he's wasted all of it, he's squandered all of it, we find him working with pigs and wishing that he could just eat what they had because he was so hungry. He squandered it all. Not only did he leave his family, but he has lost everything. And then in verse seven, 17, at his lowest of lows, here's what he says. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He's at the lowest of lows and he realizes, man, I had something good back then. You know, Kelsey says that I say love about things for a lot of things I shouldn't say love about. And let me just tell you, I love cotton candy, okay? Yes. I, thank you. I love cotton candy. But there's one major problem with cotton candy. It disappears so quickly. It, it's, it's, you have it and then it's gone. You get to enjoy it for a little bit and it's gone. And that's what the younger brother found out here with his lifestyle. He wanted the money. He wanted to do things with his money. He had to go off to a far country to experience culture. And he realized that all the promises that this made, it couldn't deliver. It was fleeting. The, the, the pleasure that comes from sin, the pleasure that comes from living absent of the Father from Christ is fleeting. Sex will never fully satisfy. Porn will never fully please. Money will never buy enough. Vacations will end. Friends will let you down. Family will let you down. But the Bible teaches that there's one who will never let you down. There's one who will help you find full satisfaction, full purpose, and full meaning in life. And that's exactly who the younger brother, the younger son left, which is the father. He's the one that brings meaning to all of our things. Everything that he wanted, the father, he realized it was in the father. Trevin Wax says this, he realized, the younger son, he realizes that the problem was never just about money, the inheritance and all the squandered belongings. The true issue had always been the broken relationship. He realized that his father is what brought goodness in his life. He couldn't buy, he couldn't buy pleasure. He couldn't buy any of this stuff that would last. Flourishing only is found in Christ. And we'll talk more about the father's response later, but you heard the story read. He finds himself at the low, the, the son finds himself at his lowest point in life and says, I need dad. I need the father. And he turns to him and the father doesn't give him the stiff arm, reject him. Hey, all that money I gave you, I need you to pay it back and, and bring it in. Let's settle this. 
No, he throws clothes on him. He puts shoes on him, throws him a huge party. I'm glad you're back. All this stuff that we're looking for fulfillment and purpose and meaning in life in, it's only found in Christ. It's Christ you've been looking for, whom you've always been looking for. Point two, no amount of good work will earn you a seat at the table. No amount of good work will earn you a seat at the table. Verse 27 picks up. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf. So this is a servant talking to the older, older brother. He has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But the older brother was angry and he refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him or begged him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured all your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf and threw him the biggest party of the year. Tim Keller says this about the older son. The youngest son's flight from the father was crashingly obvious. He left the father literally, physically, morally. Though the older son stayed at home, he was actually more distant and more alienated from the the father than his brother because he was blind to his true condition. Most people focus on the younger brother in this story, but the real focus, Jesus is trying to hit the heart of the religious people. The people are supposed to be good, the rule followers. The older son is the point of this passage. The older brother is the one who's done everything right. He stayed faithful to his family. He worked long nights. He never took anything. He always got the job done. He followed all the rules. And yet he's even more lost than his younger brother because he doesn't even notice his lostness. He doesn't notice his defiance. He too, just like the younger son, wanted his father gone. He just wanted what his father could give him. He wanted to take advantage of the stuff the father had, but not the father. He didn't care about the father himself. Because of his good, dutiful work, He believed that he was entitled to a party. He believed that he was entitled to parties. He said, why haven't I been celebrated? Instead, the one who's far off, the one who took everything, the one who said, dad, I wish you were dead. You've welcomed him back in. Why not me? Have you ever felt like you deserved good things because you've been good? Have you ever felt like you deserved good things or good things to happen in your life or things to work out because you've been good? Because you followed the rules? Because you worked hard? Then you're just like the older brother. And many of us in this room have been here if we're not here today. We use God for his good things, but we leave him out of it. We take the goods and we run. And the dangerous thing about the older son is that you're still close by. You think everything's all right. 
I still go to church most Sundays. I still pray before meals. I still send my kids a youth group. I still volunteer here and there. All the while you've lost the relationship with the Father. You've lost your relationship with Christ. And it's no less than those things. You should come to church. You should send your kids to youth group or a group that is intentionally growing in faith. You should uh, pray, you should tithe. And if you don't do any of those, that's a warning light, but it's much richer. It's more than that. It's no less, it's more. Have you been using God to receive his blessings all while missing out on him? All missing out on the relationship. Verse 31 gets to the heart of the danger. The father said to him, son, you are always with me. You've always been with me. And all that I have is yours. His bitterness had blinded him to the goodness right in front of him. Not only was he missing out on the true fulfillment of the things that the father had and the work that he was doing for the father, but he was missing out on, the, on his father right in front of him. He missed out on the celebration that it is that his brother was back. Kent Hughes says this, as time passes, we begin to imagine we are good people because we've avoided sins of passion. And all the while, sins of attitude run rampant within us. We do, we do not regard our jealousy, our pride and judgmentalism as sins, we call them faults or shortcomings. So we easily become critical, judgmental, and unloving. The older son, although he was close to the father, had some hidden sins that he had not dealt with. The religious leaders in our context had sins in their life that they were dealing with that they needed to deal with, even though they were close by. What hidden sins are poisoning your heart and the relationships around you? What's keeping you from being able to celebrate in your life? What's keeping you from being able to celebrate others and others' victories in your life? You may be more like the older brother than you want to mention and you want to admit. Point three, you're invited. You're invited. I'm gonna start reading from verse 20. You'll see verse 22 on the screen. But this is the father's reply to the two sons. While the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt sorry for his son. So the father ran to him and hugged and kissed him. But the father said to his servant, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Speaking to the older son. And his father came out and entreated him or begged him to come in. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is now alive. He was lost and is found. The younger brothers, the sons have been invited in. They've been invited in. 
They didn't do anything. The younger son didn't make things right first. The older son is, is being met by the father. He hasn't done anything right yet, but yet they're being invited in. When I was 20 years old, um, I donated a kidney to my cousin. Um, and the, do the donation process of a kidney is intense. Um, there's a lot of tests you got to go through. I can't tell you how many times I went to the hospital for blood work, all this sort of stuff. When you pass all the blood work and they're like, hey, your kidney's a match. Now we need to make sure you check out. You go get a mental, you go to a psychiatrist, get a mental checkup, make, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, all this sort of stuff. There was a lot of hoops to jump through. Even though this was something good, something I want to do, something I process with family, something, all this sort of stuff. There's a bunch of tests and hoops and jumps to jump through. For us, to, for, for our context, for these sons, there were no hoops to jump through to come to the party. There were no tests to pass to come to the party. There was no making right they had to do to be invited into the party. They just had to turn and say, yes, yes, we will come. And for us, there's no hoops we have to jump through. We have been invited to the party. Christ is inviting us in. But the only way that could happen is that someone did jump through the hoops, that someone did pass the test because this isn't cheap grace. It's not cheap grace. Someone still had to pay the price. Our sin is costly and Jesus paid it. We just celebrated it last week. That no matter whether we're the younger brother or the older brother in this situation, Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died for our sins, took on all our shame, all our sin, all our wrongdoing, died on the cross, was punished for us, and then rose on the third day so that we could come to the party, so that we could come to the table. There's no hoops for us to jump through. There's none that you have to jump through. The father in our story, he saw his kids. He saw both of them. He saw the younger one from a long way off. He saw his older son from the party and went out to him. He loved them. He met them where they are and he still called them son. And he was eager to restore them. He was eager to clothe his younger son. He was eager. He was begging them to come to the party. Come in, you're welcome. And because of Christ, it's true for us too. We can come into the party. So what does this mean for us? How do we actually apply this to our life? I think step one, first application is to come home. To come home. Maybe there's open rebellion like the younger son. We've, we've known that we've lived a separate life from Christ and we may have embarrassed and brought shame to our family. We may have brought shame to our father and mother. We may have brought shame to ourselves, to whoever's around us. And Christ is saying, come home. Maybe you don't know the story of Jesus. Maybe you're new to church. This may be your first time here. Jesus is saying, come home. If you want fulfillment, if you want purpose, if you want meaning in everything that you do, come home, you're invited. Maybe if you're more like the older brother, a practical piece of application for you is to learn to celebrate. His bitterness and his dutifulness had crushed him. He was just using the father for his goods. 
He couldn't see anybody else's victories. He couldn't see that his brother was home. He needed to celebrate those around him. Maybe you need to learn to celebrate. Get the focus off of you and focus on others. For all of us in the room, we just need to embrace Christ. The invitation's open to come and live with him. We need to embrace Christ. In closing, our story's left open-ended. We don't hear any more after this conversation with the older brother. One interesting question that one commentator brought up is, you know, I wonder if the younger son just went and took some stuff from the house that cost a lot and jetted. Like what, looks like he repented. Who knows? We don't, we don't know. It looked real, but who knows what happened? The older son, what happened to him? Did he go in? Did he go celebrate? Did his heart soften and he learned to celebrate? It's a parable, it's a story. How will you respond? If you identify with the younger brother or the older brother, how are you gonna respond? Whether your sins are obvious like the younger brother or hidden behind a wall of pride and self-righteousness, whether your sins are out in front of everyone out in the open or whether it's only a struggle that you see, No matter your story and no matter your defiance, no matter your sinfulness, you're invited to Christ's party. You're invited to Christ's table. Let us pray. Father, to receive an invitation is one of the the greatest honors and feelings that you would invite us Is, is special. And so God, I pray that you help us not to miss that. That the creator of the universe and all that we see and know has invited us in relationship with him. You've invited us to come party with you. If we want true goodness, if we want true purpose, if we want true meaning, it's only found in relationship with you. Help us to not take advantage of you. In this story, it's not just the younger brother who runs off and takes everything that's the bad, the sinful one. It's the religious leaders in the context that Jesus is preaching, the ones that are supposed to be good. Now we're, we're all sinners. We're all messed up. We all have stories. And God, you've invited us to your party. Help us to say yes. Help us to see your goodness. Help us to see your faithfulness. Thank you for jumping through all the hoops so that we could just come. Help us to turn and repent and to see you for who you are. It's in your name we pray, amen.